Welcome to the Gov Innovator Podcast. I'm Andy Feldman. Our focus today is lessons from Tennessee's Office of Evidence and Impact. Our guest is the office's director, Kristen Lotz. Here's a clip. I don't think Tennessee is alone in this. For a very long time, we have treated our, our data as belonging to each individual department and agency. And we're moving toward more of a view of our data as the strategic asset to be utilized by the state as an enterprise. Tennessee's Office of Evidence and Impact was created in 2019 by Governor Bill Lee. The office works with the governor's office and with Tennessee's executive agencies to use data and evidence to help decision makers invest in programs that work for Tennesseans. To learn more about OEI's work and what lessons it provides for other states, we're joined by its director, Kristen Lotz. She served in state government for more than 15 years and also serves on the recently created Advisory Committee on Data for Evidence Building, launched by the U.S. Department of Commerce. Kristen, welcome. Thanks for having me, Andy. I'd like to walk through some of the strategies that your office uses. One of those to help decision makers invest in what works is to include evidence in proposed spending increase plans or spending reduction plans. Tell us about that, if you would. Yeah. So one of the first things that our office did was create a tool for departments to utilize when they're preparing their annual budget request. Initially, we had just created a form for cost increases. And so when departments were filling out their budget requests, their cost increase requests for the coming budget year, they had the option of completing our evidence-based budgeting form that asked questions about the data and evidence that supports programs or services that they were requesting cost increases for. Now, fast forward a year to 2020, we have the pandemic, and while we were planning already to now require all of the departments to utilize our cost increase request form, we were in a much different budget situation. And so we pivoted very quickly and created, in addition to the cost increase uh, evidence-based budgeting form, a reduction proposal evidence-based budgeting form. So our decision makers would have information about the data, the research, the evidence behind programs that we were either seeking to fund through the departments or we're now faced with having to make reductions to because of the pandemic. That's really useful, Kristen. And tell us, how do you help offices know what constitutes evidence? Yeah, that's a great question. So we've just developed an evidence framework for Tennessee. With our framework, we have different evidence steps. So we have everything from a promising theory of change, uh, theory of action, all the way to rigorous research. And so we want to be able to capture what level of evidence each of our programs and services are at whether they have that rigorous body of research that we typically think about as being evidence or something less than that. I think that's so useful to have a continuum of evidence in the framework because obviously programs will be at different levels of evidence behind them and then they can be transparent about where they are. By the way, for our listeners, I'll include a link on the podcast website to both the evidence framework and also the budget form that they use. 
So Kristen, I know that another one of the strategies that you all help lead is to build and maintain a statewide program inventory. Tell us about that, please. Sure. So basically what we do is work with departments to create a list of all the programs that comprise their base budgets. And then utilizing this evidence framework that I've referenced previously, we then are able to evaluate which evidence level each of these programs is at. And in terms of what the program inventory is physically, this is an online database, is that right? That's correct. You know, one of the benefits of the work that we're doing is transparency, and we are posting the results of our inventory work to our Transparent Tennessee website. Um, What you can see there now is the work that we did as a pilot with our State Departments of Correction and Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. Since that pilot, we have tweaked our framework. So what we'll be doing going forward looks a little bit different, but we do have the results posted online. That's helpful. So the program inventory is a work in progress. And can you give us another layer of detail about who's going to use the inventory or how it's used? Yeah, so for budgeting purposes, we we actually see this playing a really key role and tying in really nicely to the evidence-based budgeting form process that we have rolled out for the departments. As it stands right now, not having built out the inventory, we're pretty fully reliant on the departments to tell us what data and evidence exists for their programs without having the benefit of that inventory process being complete. Going forward, as we continue to work with departments to build out this inventory, we'll already have a lot of information about the programs and their level of evidence even before the budget process begins. Got it. The third strategy that I wanted to cover is streamlining data management to improve data usage. Tell us about that, please. This is something that I'm really excited about for the state of Tennessee and the benefits that we're going to see. We're working extremely closely with our Office of Strategic Technology Solutions to further data sharing between our executive branch agencies. And we're taking more of an enterprise level approach to data analytics for the state. This is something that we have not done much of at all, frankly, in the past. And so we are working to break down silos, to be able to put our data from across the enterprise um, together to figure out what we can what we can learn and have policy decisions and budgeting decisions that are really better informed by the data that we have available to us. That sounds very exciting. And am I right that one aspect of this is making it easier to link data across agencies for analyses? It is, absolutely. As I mentioned, and I don't think Tennessee is alone in this. For a very long time, we have treated our, our data as belonging to each individual department and agency. And we're moving toward more of a view of our data as the strategic asset to be utilized by the state as an enterprise. There are so many of our departments who touch one another. And we see this, there's really no better example that I can think of than our social services agencies. And the people that they are serving, the Tennesseans that they are serving, are often served by multiple other departments. Think about how we can provide 
better, more efficient services to those Tennesseans when we're talking to one another. That's a great point. Kristen, I want to ask you one logistical question, which is how many people are on your team? In other words, if other uh, states might want to replicate what you all are doing, what kind of resources does it help to have in terms of staff? So as of now, we have a team of five people, and that includes myself. So we have a director, we have two evidence coordinators, I have one data scientist, and I have one data governance and operations coordinator on the team currently. A final question for you, which is related, which is from your experience so far, you and your team, what does it take to do this kind of work successfully? Yeah, so governor support is really critical. This office was founded as an initiative of our our governor, Governor Lee, and having that high-level support is really critical to your success when you're trying to reach out and join together all of your executive branch agencies to focus on a specific mission. Also, it's incredibly important to create buy-in from those executive departments that you're going to be working with. So it's important to lay the right groundwork. It's important to make sure you're communicating efficiently, effectively, and often with those departments, with the leadership of those departments. And then finally, I would say resources are, of course, critical. Um, We have a small team currently, but we're looking to continue to build that team out. And you have to have you have to have the people, you have to have the right people on the team, even if it is a small team, to deliver the message and to do the work. Kristen, congratulations to you and all the folks that you work with for a terrific example of moving the ball forward with evidence and data at the state level. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Andy. I appreciate you having me.